Today's daf is daf Yudzayin. We're holding about 11 lines from the bottom of Tezayin Amid Bey's Gufa. This itself was just mentioned previously. The following categories of Avodim receive Hanukkah, receive severance when they leave the master. Someone who goes out with six years. The Yovel, someone who goes out because of the Yovel. Someone who goes out because the master has passed away. Amavriya has additionally that she goes out with Simonim when she uh, has two Simonim, she hits puberty. Aval Bereach, the Yotz of Giron Kesav. However, according to Tanakama, if somebody escaped, we'll see exactly the details of the case, or Giron Kesav, or somebody uh, buys his own contract out. Right, that we said that that's the uh, master is obligated to allow him to do that. So therefore, Amanikin Lo, in such a situation, in those two cases, there is no severance in those two cases. Rav Meir disagrees. Rav Meir Omer Barach says, I do agree that if somebody is escapes, so then Amanikin Lo, we do not offer him severance. But Yosef Igron Kesef, but somebody that. <clears throat> Is, uh, is, is as, as buys out his contract, somebody pays out the remaining years, he says, Ben Mac Nikin Lo, that person is subject to the laws of, uh, of Hanukkah. That person would get severance, all right? And Rab Shimon Omer, this is where we quoted yesterday, Rab Shimon says as follows. We're holding about six lines, five lines from the bottom of Tezainam base. Rab Shimon Omer, Arba Manikin Lahem, there are four categories of people that receive a severance, shlosha be'ish, three that are applicable to the man, shlosha be'ish, and three that are applicable to the woman, and you can't apply all four to anyone, either the man or the woman, because a man does not have the laws that he goes out with simonim and ritzia beisha and there's no din ritzia that a woman goes out with ritzia because there is no parsha of nirtza. Now, just as you remember, the way we left yeah, the, the ear, the boring in the ear, the way we, we explained Rav Shimon yesterday, Rav Shimon is not talking about something that does not have a kitzvah, that does not have a designated time, right? And even Simonim, he considers to have a designated time because it has a lower threshold of the time. So what he was talking about, the four that he was referring to is Shonim, right? Which applies to both man and woman. Yovel, which applies to both man and woman. But then the third one is a Yovel of a Nirtza, which only applies to the man. But a man became a Nirtza, and then Yovel hits, only the man goes out that way, because a woman can't become a Nirtza. And Simonim is the third one that applies to the woman, that does not apply to the man. Anyway, Simonim says like this, what is the source for these aforementioned halochas? The Tanarban we learned in a Brisa. If you look in the Torah, the parsha of severance is talking about specifically when a person goes out in six years. So you might think only if somebody served his full term is the master required to pay the severance. How do you know that if somebody goes out with Yovel or with the death of the Odon or in the case of the Amavriya that she goes out with Simonim? How do you know that there too the Torah compels the master to give the severance? 
Talmud Lomar, so it says like this, because there's a redundancy in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says as follows, I'm going to read the Pasuk to you, it's number two in the Torah, or it says, Ki yimkor l'cha ivriya, ivriya, a, a Jewish maid, a servant, or a, a, a woman, a maid servant, a, a girl maid servant gets sold to you, and they fulfilled their six years, Shana the seventh year you will send them, Chavshi me'imach, with free, from you without any, uh, any, you can't make any stipulations, then you have to let them go free. Now, the Bozak there says, the next Bozak word, and when you do send them, then you have to give them severance. Now, they, they, they didn't have to repeat, and when you do send them. It says, and you'll send them free, it should have said, with severance. Why well, do I have to say, and when you set them free, the is redundancy to tell me in all other cases where you're sending them free, as well, there is also severance, not just the case of six it's years, it's but it's the other cases as well. So therefore, that's the chisish lachena, is is adding the other cases as well. So asks the b'raiso, so then how do I know, maybe that should also be inclusive of the case where the evid escaped, or the Evid buys out his contract, how there too maybe there should be severance, as the Tanakhama is asking. Tamad Loma, Chitish Lachena Imach. It has to be that the sending is coming from you. It's not something that he is driving it. It's not something that he's forcing it. Now, if the, uh, if the guy runs away, clearly it's something he's forcing it. Even if the guy buys out his contract, the Tanakama holds he is forcing the issue. So in such circumstances, therefore, they would not be con. Now, I guess when a woman gets simonim, she's not forcing it. It's not something that she dictated. It's something that happened naturally. So that would not be in violation of this rule. There, there would be considered severance. Misha shilucha mimach, the shiluch has to come generated from you and not that it's being imposed upon you by him. All right. Now, uh, which is the exclusion of the case where he runs away, or because it's not coming from you. It is he who is imposing his will over you. Now, Rab Meir disagreed. Rab Meir, I'm a bereach, ain't lo. He says, I agree with you if the guy runs away. There's no severance for the case the guy runs away. But the angel, uh, that's considered ancient It's not considered like you have sent him away. But in the case where he does pay out, the Torah does require, in fact, you have to help him. Buy, but but that, is, that is not considered as if like he's done something inimical to you, right? You still got whatever years you got out of him. And therefore, the bottom line is in such a scenario, you should give him, you should give him uh, a contramed, that you should give him a severance in that case as well. Now, what they want to ask is a very interesting question over here. This, I, this is my take on the question. It says the guy runs away, right? You don't have to give him severance, right? Now, what's the case? Obviously, if the guy ran away and you never see the guy again, so then what do you have to tell me? There's no severance. <laughs> Obviously, what it means is if you, you catch him. Now, if your guy runs away, let's say a guy's got three years left, runs away after six months, they catch him. We're going to see the halacha is he has to come back and finish off his term. Well, if he has to finish off his term... Then when he finishes his term, then you should give him the severance. So why are you telling me the Bereach has, to say that he has no severance if you don't catch him, that, that you don't need it, that, that, that's inane. Obviously you don't give severance to somebody that you don't, you can't. So it must be that you caught him, you caught him, he has to fulfill his, if he fills his things, then the Chayra, why shouldn't you give him the severance? That's the Gemara's question, a very simple question. 
So Bereach, the guy who runs away, Hashlomah boy, he has to complete his term. If you catch him, you bring him back, he finishes his term. And if he finishes his term, the Gemara is intimating that what? Then give him the severance. The signs we learned in the From where do we know that if somebody runs away and then gets caught, that he is mechuyev to finish off his term? He has to finish out his term. So you catch the guy, finish out the term. So, so why not get the... Now, just the finishing of the bride. And you might think, what happens if a guy got sick, right? And wasn't able to work. So maybe that guy, you can also say, hey, you didn't work. You got to make up the days that you were sick. So Talmud Lomar, Ubashviz Yotza, that the imperative, you have to let him go on the seventh. So what we're saying is, you have to make him fill the six is going on the guy that ran away. But you have to let him go on the seventh is referring to whom? The guy was that easy. was got sick and he couldn't have him, he couldn't have work, he couldn't work all six. You can't make him make, there's no, you can't force him to make up the days, all right? So that's, that, that's, that's the brysa. But anyway, the point is, we're circling back to the question. So what's the case that you need to tell me that a guy who runs away doesn't get severance? If you didn't catch him, obviously not. If you did catch him, you should get severance. He finishes it up. Point of information. So if the six years is interrupted by Yovo, does he go away? One second, one second. Let's, 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 let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. So I'm a Rav Sheshis, Hachamayaskinan, Kigayin, Shabarach, Hapagah, Yovo. So Yomara says, we're talking about a case that the guy ran away and then Yovel hit. So since Yovel hit, even though they caught the guy, so then what? He can't, you can't make him work. Because one says Yovel, you can't make him work anymore. So that's the guy you have to tell me that he doesn't get severance. He could be tiny. One second. If I would have stayed in Yovel, you would have had to let me free and give me severance. Yeah, but you didn't stay. You ran away. It doesn't matter the timing over here. Even if it's a day later. The fact that you ran away, you pushed the envelope. I didn't send you away. You ran away. Now, it, it's right. So if you would have come back and it wouldn't have been Yovel and you finish off your term, then Taka, that guy would get the severance. The case we're talking about where, where he doesn't get the severance is where you can't make him finish of the term. Why can't you make him finish of the term? Because Yovel hit in the middle. That's if, the, that. if you caught him and you brought him back and then he had two more weeks and then Yovel... Could, that could be. I don't know the timing of that, but that might be, diff- yeah, it might be different. Yes. <clears throat> okay. So then what this? So therefore, Mao just said that you might have think since Yovel anyway has released him. Even if he would have stayed, Yovel would be releasing him, right? So the Shilukhami Machkarabe, so it's considered like he's being sent from you because of the Yovel. And if it's because of the Yovel, then what should be the deal? A guy who goes out with Yovel does get uh, so the, the, the severance. So therefore, Lenik say we should not penalize him, therefore, Venanik, and you should have to give him the severance. Venanik, like Kamash Malan, no. In this case, he pushed the envelope. You're right. If you would have stuck around, stuck it out until the Yovel, would have got the severance. He ran away, and, and you never caught him before that, and he never continued to finish his term. Bottom line is, this guy does not get the severance. Let's go on. Amar Mar, so we said, Yachal So our, uh, our Brysa that we quoted, Brysa number one, seemed to say that if a guy got sick and was not able to work, was not able to work, you cannot make him make up the work. Comes the seventh year, you have to give him... You have, to, you have to give him his freedom, right? And the Chorah, you also have to give him uh, severance. But the key over here, we're focusing on the freedom. I mean, you cannot, there's no hashlama. You can't, there's no, you cannot force him to make it up. So Talmud Lama, Shavit Yatza, Yatza, Afil Chola, 
Now, so now the the Gemara is intimating that if you read the Bryce, so the Bryce didn't put any stipulations on this. It's mashma achala kol sheish. It seems to imply day one you, you you got a lemon. Day one you bring the guy in. Guy gets sick. He's sick for sick for six years. Comes the seventh year. You have to let him go. All right, it's not even focusing on the, on the Hanukkah and the severance piece over here. It's more about focusing on the fact is you cannot make him make up. Now, for everything more like this, the problem with that is Vatanya, we have a second brisa that seems to contradict that. What does the second brisa say? It says, So let's say the guy was sick three out of the six years, but up at least 50% of the time he was working. In that case, says the Brisa, you cannot make him pay uh, work work for the balance. You, can, you don't. Have, you can't make him. However, chala. Uh, uh, where's the place? Chala kol lahashlim. So it says like this. Uh, but if he was sick all six years, right? Then the halacha is that you can make him make it up. Now, the Gemara is going to show there seems to be an in, 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 uh, inconsistency in the actual brisa itself, and we'll get to that. But we're just wondering, right now we're asking in terms of the contradiction of our brisa number one with brisa number two. Brisa number one did not put any boundaries on it. It says, if he gets sick, then you have to let him go in the seventh year. Implied that even if he was sick awesome. all six years, where brisa number two says clearly that he's sick all six years, then he has to make up the years. He has to make them all up. So now, so, so, what, so how are you going to explain this? So Rabshesha says, I'm Rabshesha's, but also Maisa Machat. Is that the Bryson number one's talking about that, let's say you, let's say you hired the guy that he's a strapping big guy and he's going to be working in the fields and he got sick right away, but he's still able to do housework. He's still able to do needlework. He's still able to do something. So in such a case, even though all six years he wasn't able to do what you would have liked him to do, but since he was able to do some type of chores, he was able to do housework, needlework, he was able to do that. So in such a case, Bryson number two, when it says that if he is sick all six years, you do not have to let him go. And he has to make up the time, that's talking about when he's completely incapacitated and he was not able to contribute anything during that time. In such a case, the Allah is going to be that you can ask him to make up the work. Now the Gemara is going to show the, the inconsistency in Bryson number two. What did Bryson number two say? It says that if he worked six, three out of the six years, then what? But then it jumps to, but if he's sick all six years, right, then he has to make it up. Says the Gemara that the first rule is uh, the implication of the first rule contradicts the implication of the second rule. The first rule says that if he was able to work three out of the six years, means he was only sick half the time. The implication is, let's say he was sick four out of the six years, where the majority of the time he was sick, then it implies that what? You would be allowed to make him make it up. The second ruling says the only time you can make him make it up is he was sick all six years. The implication is even he was sick four out of the six years, you would not be allowed to make him make it up. So that's what I was going to ask. That seems to contradict each other. So what it says, this itself is inconsistent, it's difficult. Amar, the first ruling says, if he was sick three and worked three, because he at least did 50% of the time he was able to work. But he was sick four, the implication is, then he would have to make it up, right? So why says like this, Pashid, by the way, the way I understand he would have to make it up, he just has to make up the years that he was sick, right? Two now, years. two years, right. 
But Emma Sefer, now let's say the second ruling. It says that if you're sick, all six, then what? Then he does have to make it up. So Moira says like this, but the implication of that is though, Ha-Dalit, but Tzmashma, if he's only sick four out of the six years, then ain't Chayv Lahashlim, then he doesn't have to make it up. So Moira says, Hachi the way to understand the Brisa, that it doesn't, it's not uh, contradicting itself, is as follows. That the emphasis, the first ruling is the primary ruling. That in order not to have to make it up, you have to have worked at least what? 50%. 50% of the time. Therefore, and it's therefore the implication is, but if it's not, if he's sick more than 50% of the time, it's considered like, that's the, sec, how, that's the segue into the second ruling. That if he's sick more than that, it's considered as if he was sick all six years, so therefore, it's as if he's sick all six years, and then he would have to make it up. I heard, I was listening to the, the, the recording from, from last cycle that we, we put together. Somebody asked me the question, and, and it's, it's something to understand. When, let's say he's sick four out of the six years, right? Does that mean he only has to work four? Right? Or, or better than that. Let's say he's only is sick all six years. Does he only have to work four or does he have to work all six? Because if he was able to work four out of the six or three out of the six, we wouldn't have made him have to... So does he have to get to 50% or does he have to get to... Oh, so if he was sick all six years and then yeah. he has to start making up... Do we say only right. to make so I, I think it's a double portion that he has to make up all six. Yeah. That's, that seems to be... Uh, so, but, but the question is, so what happens, let's say the case was he was sick four out of the six years. Does he only have to work one more year? Or does he have to work... Uh, so I think that's why it's comparing. It's telling you that if you, are, if you only worked four years... If you were sick for four years, it's as if you were sick for all six. Just as if you're sick for all six, you have to make up all six. So too, if you were sick for all for four, you have to make up the balance to get to six. You can't just say just do one, do one more year. I think that's that's the point that's being brought out. Let's keep going. Tanabon Melot and Ebrisa. Kamamanikimlo. What is the severance? Right? This, by the way, has, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a touchy subject with Mr. Leibowitz. But Moshe brings down the sugya over here to discuss severance to teachers. When we let teachers go, is there an obligation to pay teachers and how much you have to pay teachers? The whole concept Rav Moshe came up with, Chodesh Lashon, one month a year. It was Rav Moshe's uh, calculation that one month, so you got a teacher that's been working 40 years and then... Uh, the school decides time, then you would have to pay one month a year for that. That comes out to be a tremendous amount of money for the schools. Yes. School decides or the prison retires. What's that? Prison does not want to retire. So that's 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 a discussion. But usually, where the issue comes up is where the school wants to, you know, bring in some new blood. That's where the issue comes up. All right. So there's different, you know, there's, you, have a, you should have a, a good 403B plan. There's different discussions of how to address this particular thing. So, how much severance has to be given? And I'm using the word severance because that's just the way we understand. Hanukkah doesn't necessarily mean that. Hanukkah Rashi says, means like putting a jewel around his neck, making him feel good. Right? That's, that's the, uh, so how much? So the Pasuk actually discusses, it mentions three species of things you have to give him. It mentions livestock, 
it mentions gra- uh, grain, and it mentions wine. Three different. So the way uh, the Tanakhama learns, come on, Nikimloi, Chamesh Sloyim is Rameh Shita, Mikal Min Vemin, five Sloyim per species. Shein Chamesh is Sloyim, which gives you a total of 15 Sloyim. So 15 Sloyim is the total amount that the severance shall be. And we're going to see that is a minimum, a minimum of 15 Sloyim. Rabbi Yehuda Aymer Shloyim Kishloyim Shal Evan. He says that it's 30. And he learns it from, we'll see exactly how he learns it from, but when you have a Shoramuad that goes and kills an Evet Kanani, what's wrong? If you have a, 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 a Shoramuad, your Shor goes and kills an Evet Kanani, you have to compensate the owner for that Evet Kanani 30 Sloyim. And that's where, that's for some reason, we'll see what he learns from there. That's what the Hanukkah has to be as well for your Evet Ivri when there is severance. Rab Shimon Omer, he says it's 50 sloyim, and he learns it from Erchin, the highest Erech. We know if a person says, I'm giving my value to the base of Migdash, or someone's value to the base of Migdash, there is a scale based on gender and age of how much has to be given. The highest, I believe, is the group between 20 and 40, or 20 and 60, 20 and what? And, and, and 60, I don't know, is 50 sloyim, 50 shkalim. That is the amount that you have to give as your Hanukkah, as your severance package to this Eved Ivri. All right, that's the Brysa. That's the total value of all three gifts. What's that? The total value of three gifts. That will be the total amount at the end. So we have Rav Meir that says it's 15, we have Rav Yehuda that says that it's 30, and we have Rav Shimon that says that it is 50. Okay. Amar Mar, okay, the master just said, Gufa just says for you, all those of you who want to know the mechanics, but when you say Gufa, it means you're saying this itself was just quoted. Amar Mar is similar. The master just said, you're quoting something that was just previously mentioned. Usually, 99.9 out of 10, it is a Tanoic statement that is being repeated. So Amar Mar, Chamesh Sloyim, Mikol Min Vamin, Shaheim Chamesh Sloyim Sloyim, Divirab Meir. Now, this is a question that you find very often in Shas. Meaning like this, Rav Meir made his point that it's three species mentioned, it's five sloyim for each species. But then he says, which totals 15. You know, we don't need Rav Meir to teach us how to count. If you told us, tell us that there's three, uh, five for each species, and the plus says three, five times three equals 15. Why does Rav Meir have to speak it out for us? Again, the Tanoyim did not say extra words if there was no need for them to say. They were very concise and careful with their words. So why do we have to say which equals 15? So Rav Meir, Minyona, Azulash Minyona, has come to teach us how to count. He's teaching me the following, is that even though there are three species, and the way you get to 15 is five per species, but it's telling me that it doesn't have to actually be five per species. It means you can go more on one, yeah. and you can go less on the other, as long as the total equals 15. That's the point that Dwight of says, which equals 15. Means from that total amount, you can't have any less. But he bought if you want to have less of one species, and more of the other, there is no problem with that doing. Now, Moira wants to know, my time with Rav Meir, where is Rav Meir getting, I understand what he's saying, but why? What's the source that he wants to say that it's five sloyim per species, which equals 15? Where does that come from? So Moses says like this, it comes from the following Pasuk. 
There is a pasuk in the Torah that talks about Pidyan Aben. And it says that you have to give how much for your redemption of your firstborn? Five. Five. Five You have to give five slayim, five shkalim, Torah shkalim. You have to give per child. And then the pasuk segues in that same pasuk which says you have to give the five. If you take a look at number two, in the uh, no, no, I'm sorry, number three actually. It says that you shall give the firstborn, you shall uh, you shall redeem, and it says, and you will not appear before me empty-handed. Okay. Now the understanding right now that last clause, since it's being juxtaposed to. Uh, Pidyan Aben, that last, though, then you won't appear before me empty handed, is related to Pidyan Aben. And we know how much do you have to give for Pidyan Aben? Five Sloyim. And the word Rekam, empty handed, is also used by the Ebed Ivri. Do not send him home empty handed. That's number two. When you send him free without any strings attached back home, don't send him empty-handed. So we're making a Zeyra Shava from the Reikam that's written by Pidyin Aben to the Reikam that's written by the Hanukkah, by the Severance, to teach me that it is the number of five Sloyim. All right? So Moses says, Yalif Reikam Reikam Ibechor. Malan Chamesh Sloyim, just over there's five Sloyim. Afghan Chamesh Sloyim. So ask the more the obvious question. Well, then how do you know that it comes out to be 15? Maybe the total amount of the gifts. Doesn't say the word Reikam three times. The word Reikam. So maybe the total should be five, not 15. Everyone hear the question? Maybe the total of all three species should equal five, not 15. So Moses says like this. If the way the Pasuk by the Evid was written, it would say uh, all three species, mention the three species, and says, don't send him empty-handed, then I will tell you the cumulative effect of all three species should be five. But since it writes the word Reikam first, don't send him Reikam, give him of these three species, it's as if the word Reikam is going on each of the species, so it's five per one. Because if it, so, therefore, same basically, if it, what if, if it was the cumulative effect, it would have used, the, uh, it would have written the word Reikam at the end. The fact that it writes the word Reikam in the beginning teaches me it's going on each one of the species. That's the most answer. Because if Reikam lives so, it would have written the word Reikam at the end of the species. Could have like you're saying. But Hashdachsiv Reikam, Reikam, but now that it's right in the beginning, Shadi Reikam at Katson, the word Reikam goes on sheep. The word Rechem goes on Goren, on the grain, and the word Rechem goes on Yekev, on the wine, and it gives you a total of 15. Now the Gemara asks a strong question. The truth of the matter is, it's true that in the Pasuk of Bechor, of your Pidyon, of your Bechor, it has the second half of the Pasuk, the clause there, don't send him empty-handed. But the truth of the matter, don't call, don't, the Pasuk doesn't say, don't, don't appear before me empty-handed. The truth is that clause, of don't appear me before empty-handed, is not really a Pidyon Haben clause. It's really the next verse discusses that when you go up to Yerushalayim three times a year, Aliyah Laregel, you cannot come empty-handed. You have an obligation to bring 
Korban Re'iya, Korban Chagiga, there's different Korbanas, Al-Shlam, you have to bring certain Korbanas. That's what the Lo Yaroi Panareikam is. And uh, by the way, the, the, we know how much you have to do. When you appear before Akash Baruch the Korban, the Korban has to be valued at least two Ma'ak Kesef. Now, two Ma'ak Kesef is a much smaller amount than even five slime, and 15 slime for sure. So therefore, I says the Gemara, how do you know? If you're going to make the linkage, because Reikam, Reikam, that it writes in the Pasuk by what we call Pidyan Aben, and in the Pasuk that we had, uh, that it's right by the Ebed Ivri, how do you, that, why, why don't you learn the word Reikam is going really on the law of going up to Yerushalayim, and there the Reikam, the total amount would be two Ma'akesev, so it should come out, the severance should only be so how do you know to connect it back to Pidyan Aben? Because just because it's in that Pasuk, really based on the literal understanding of what's going on, it should be referring to going up to Yerushalayim. So it says the Gemara like this, Why aren't you learning the Reikam that it's connecting to Olus Ria, the Korban Olus that you have to bring up when you appear before Kodesh Baruch which is only two Ma'akasev, says Rashi. The Gemara says, I'll tell you why. Because the Pasuk tells you by the Eved, you have to send, don't send him empty. You shall send him with gifts. Uh, it says, Asher Beirach Hashem. Like Hashem has lavished you, like Hashem has blessed you. What does that imply? That you have to give him gifts like Hashem has blessed. It means you have to, you have to give him a, a, like an abundant gift. It can't be referring to the Tumar Kesef, because the Tumar Kesef would be a very minimal gift. So if you have a question, do I compare the Reikam to the Aliyah Larego, or do I compare the Reikam to the Pidyan the, the Abed? One comes out being 15 slime, the other one comes out two Ma'akesev. It's a no-brainer, because the Pazak says, Hashem Baruch Hashem, that you have to do more, not less, and it's obvious that what you have to do. So one says like that, Hashem Baruch Hashem So basically, we have taken care of the first opinion. According to Rav Meir, how does he come up with the number? 15 shekel or 15 sloyim is the severance for the Ebed Ivri, for the Ame Ivriya. Where does he come? Because he learns Shava between Reikam, Reikam, that is written by Pidyan Aben. Everybody with me? What did Rabbi Yehuda say? Rabbi Yehuda said it's 30. Like we find when an Ashar kills an Ebed Knani, so here too you have to give 30. Someone says, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Shloshim, Shloshim, Shalebed, where's that coming from? My time with Rabbi Yehuda, what's the reason for Rabbi Yehuda? So he says, Yolif, Nesina, Nesina. He has also his Mesorah. Amara, uh, the Tanaim didn't make up these Deir Shavas. They had Mesorah going back to, for their Yerusha, from, from their Rabbeim, from their, uh, their, their Herod, is from up to Moshe Rabbeinu. And they had a Deir Shavah. The Gemara assumes right now the linkage is Nesina, Nesina. All right? The Pazik says, Me'evet. Ma'ala halam Shloshim, Avkan Shloshim. It over here says, Yitain, that you have to give. And it says, Yitain, that you have to give when the Evet, when the Evet gets killed. And therefore, just as over there, what you have to pay for the Evid is 30. 30 to the Kanani. Here, too, the gift that has to be given to the Evid Ivri is 30 slime, 30 shkolim. That is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. So, Mora says like this says the Gemara, okay, now this is a very interesting concept, very important. There were different times, different types of Zereshavas. There's a Zereshava that's an ironclad. I know for a fact it's this word with this word. Sometimes, it was that they knew there was a Xerah Shava, there was a portal creator with two of the same words, but it wasn't honed in exactly, they didn't have them so exactly which Parsha the word appears. And then they would have to themselves, through deduction and calculation, figure out which is the correct linkage. Now that seems to be what's going on over here. They knew 
that the, according to the Mesorah of Yehuda, the word Nesina, by severance, by Hanukkah, is open for a link. And he found, where do you compare it to? Another place where he had a redundant Nesina, which was written by Evet Kanani getting killed. And that's why he created the portal that it's 30 Sloyim. Asks the Gemara, the word Nesina is written in the parasha of Erechin, which we're actually going to have Rav Shimon's Shita. And if it's written in the parasha of Erechin, then why make it 30? Learn it to Erechin. And what's the biggest Erech that you have? Is 50. And therefore, why didn't Rabbi Huda use the link Nesina Nesina? Again, a sorrow for Nesina Nesina. How do you know it's Nesina Nesina to Evaknani? Maybe it's Nesina Nesina to Erechin. Ma'alahal Chamishim, Avkan Chamishim. Well, it says like this, there is a rule that if you have a choice to learn A or you learn B, right, don't overextend yourself. The way that Ash explains it, sometimes if you grab too much, you're going to be left with nothing. And therefore, it's called tafasta meruba. If you try grab too much, low tafasta, you might not end up getting. Whereas if you grab the smaller amount, Tafasta. Rashi actually in Masecha Sukkah gives an interesting svara to this. Rashi says like this, that if you don't know, is something 30 or something 50? If you say 30, you can't go wrong. Because even if it was 50, at least the 30 is part of the 50. But if you say 50 and it was 30, then you made a mistake because you went over, you're extended by 20. That's as far as Rashi brings in. You see if that works out in all the cases of Tafasta Merulah But the point over here is the linkage, you have to make a linkage. Nasina. Do you say if you say Nasina to Evaknani, what does it come out being? Thirty. If you say Nasina to Erchin, it comes out being fifty. Therefore, having the choice, safe is better than sorry, choose the thirty over the fifty. That is the way of Yehuda learns. To faster Maruba, like faster, to faster Muat, take the smaller amount of faster. That's number one. The ode, and furthermore, another compelling reason is we're talking about severance to who? An Evid. I would rather learn one parsha of Eved, even though one's Eved Ivri and that one's Eved Kanani, but I'd rather link Eved to Eved than learn out to Erchin, which the Chorah is not talking about an Eved. So there it's talking about a person's giving his error to the base of Mikdash. But oh, Eved me Eved, Havalei Lamelev. So it's two compelling reasons why what? Why Rabbi Huda would rather link Nasina and Nasina to the case of Evaknani than to the case of Erechin. Now let's get to the third sheet. So far we had the sheet of Rav Meir, why it's 15. We had the sheet of Rav Yehuda, why it's 30. Now we're going to the sheet of Rav Shimon, who taught the halls at 50. And where do we say he learns it from? From Erechin. So Rav Shimon, Omer, Chamishin, Chamishin, Shur Erechin. So one says like this, my time in Rabbi Shimon, Someone says, why? What's the reason of Shimon? Satake, he does learn, like we had suggested being Rabbi Yehuda. He learns Nasin and Nasin. Someone says that maybe he also had the linkage of this, there's a Masora, of this Xerushav, Nasina, by Hanukkah, by Severance, to somewhere else. And he links it to the Nasina that's written by Erechin. That's why it comes up with 50. So Gamar Nasina Nasina Mi Erechin. Ma'al Chamishin, Avkan Chamishin. So now the one has a number of very strong questions. I understand Rabbi Yehuda, I understand Rabbi Shimon, you want to learn the Mesorah, Nesina, Nesina from Erechin. But there are a, quite a number of different Erechin options, starting I think from five slime for a baby that's 30 days old, right? Why are you jumping to the maximum Erech? 50. Right, 50. How do you know it's not one of the lesser or even the lowest Erech? Someone says, Maybe it should be the least of the Erechin, I believe it's five slime. 
One says no, because the pasuk says you have to give the eved asher beracha Hashem lokecha. It has to be lavish. It has to be what God has blessed you with. So if it's what God has blessed you with, it makes sense to give the greatest erech and not to give the least of the erech. Says the Gemara. Now the Gemara pushes back. Well, I understand you have this Masora. Now, if you're telling me that that's your Masora, Mamish was linked directly to Erechin, I understand. But if you just had it open, that you know there's a link of Nasina, what gives you the right to compare it to Nasina of the Erech? Why not learn like Rabbi Yehuda and link it to the Nasina of the of the Avakanani. So the of Nasina Nasina mi Eved, Malahalan Shlosh and Avkan Shlosh, and then the answer should be 30, not 50. First of all, Chada, we had this for the Fasta Marubaloy Tafasta, that it's better to not grab the bigger amount, it's better to grab the smaller amount. For Od, and also Eved me Eved, Havale Lamela. And also you should learn Eved from Eved. All right? So the Gemara then steps back. I actually thought that that seemed to be a double portion. Why wouldn't you learn from Evan? So actually, I think the Pshad is because even Erechin, when you have to calculate... No, that's not the Erech. That's the Domim. No, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. All right. So Gemara says like this. So Rav Shimon... So Gemara says, you're right. We made a mistake. We thought that the linkage that Rav Shimon has, the Masora, is using the word Nasina, Nasina. But actually, his, his linkage is a different linkage. It comes from the word Mach. Mach is when, he, when your brother becomes impoverished. Right? So the case by Evid, we talk about an Evid sold himself. Why? Because he became impoverished. Kimacha chicha. So use the word micha, concept of, of being impoverished. And also, in the case of Erechin, that it talks about, it says that, that a person made an Erech and he wasn't able to pay the Erech, and therefore what does he have to pay? Because he became impoverished. So use the same word, impoverished, in both places. That's the linkage. Now you can't ask the question, why not learn from Evet Kanani? Evet Kanani doesn't use the word Micha, right? So therefore it says, Murab Shimon, Micha, Micha, Gomar. He actually learns it out from a different linkage, and that linkage is between Hanukkah, the Din of Severance, and the Din of Erechim. All right, so we have three sheetas. Now the Gemara asks a, a bomb question. The Gemara says like this, according to Rav Meir, the Torah had to give three species. Why? Because the species are directly tie in to the amount that needs to be given. Because each species represents, represents five shkolim, total of 15. But the other two opinions, right? Rabbi Yehuda that learns out from an Evaknani gets killed. And Rabbi Shimon who learns out from Erechin, 30 or 50, why does the Torah have to break down the type of species that is given? It has no impact in the cumulative amount that's given because it's not learned from there. That's the Gemara's question. So says, I understand why I had to mention the three species. Why do you have to mention it all together? So Moses says, I'll tell you. This is the answer both for Rab Shimon and for Rab Yehuda. It says like this. I think it's the Kedisnan, right? Is this a Mishnah? Yes. What does it change it to? No, it's a Brisa. It says, Kedesan, you learned in a Brisa, that you might think, you read the Pashid, maybe the only thing you can give in severance are the three things that are mentioned in the Boston. Severance has to be from either Goran Yekev and uh, Goran, uh, uh, I mean, Son is the sheep, Goran is the uh, grain, Yekev is the, is the, the wine. So, I mean, nine that I was called, how do you know you can give anything? You can give a lavish gift. As long as it's lavish, you can give whatever you want. So if so, that you can give anything, then what's the question? 
Why does it mention those three? So when it says, Loma love to teach me, Matzon, Gorm, the Yekev, Miyuchodim, what's the unique common denominator about them? Sheyeshtan, Bechlal, Brocha. These are things that can propagate. You have to give something specifically that can become abundant. You have to give something so, so uh, sheep can propagate, uh, grain can grow, the vineyards can grow. So it means you don't have to give those three things specifically, but you have to give three things that are like them in that what? They can grow. They can grow. So, now, what is being eliminated by that? We're going to have a machlokas. Rab Shimon says you can't give money. Fascinating. You can't give money. Because money on its own actually loses value. Money on its own doesn't gain value. And therefore, you can't use money. Rab Shimon ben Yaakov disagrees. He says you could use money. What can't you use? Yotzebredos, you cannot use mules. Why can't you use mules? Because mules are sterile. Mules cannot propagate. So, therefore, so we have machlokas. One says what's being excluded? Money. The other one says what's being excluded is mules. Now what about Rav Shimon? Why does he not exclude mules? He says it's true a mule cannot propagate, but a mule can become stronger, it can grow, it can end up working more. So therefore it's true it doesn't create a next generation. But even at that level there is still a place for brocha. That's Rav Shimon's opinion. Rav Shimon prayers, Meshachan, Bigufayo, they physically can become uh, enhanced and, 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 because, and have blessing chal on them. Rabbi Lezav and Yaakov says, Ksofim, he says, I disagree. I hold mules cannot propagate, so you don't use mules. Why do I hold money is okay? Because money, if you invest it correctly, then money can grow. He says, Ksofim, you can invest it, you can do business with it. All right, so basically we have a machlok is what's being eliminated. What does not have the capacity to propagate? One says mules, one says money. Now, the Gemara wants to know, the Pasuk says three. Why do you need all three things mentioned? We understand the concept that you mention anything is to learn from it that it has the capacity to propagate. So, but why do you need three things to be taught? You need all three. If you only wrote sheep, I would have thought the only thing you can give like sheep, it means it has to be alive, right? It has to be only, only uh, uh, animals. Uh, you do the character, things that grow from the ground low. That's why because of Rahman that's why you had to write grain. Now if you only wrote grain because of Gorin, I would have said the opposite, that it has to be something that grows from the ground. Have Amina Gidulakarka in. But Balachat Loi. So because of Rahmana Song. Now, so I've explained why you had to write sheep and I explained why you had to write grain. What still needs to be explained is what? Why do you have to have the wine? Why do you have to have Yekev? So Yekev Lama, Lisa, why do you have to write the wine? So now let me explain this outside and we'll see it inside. What the one is basically going to say now, very interesting Svara, is that if you only had those two, I would have said it has to be loosely connected to that. Loosely connected to that is that if there could be any side of bracha, so it would have included mules, it would include money, because you could argue, the reason why it reiterates with wine to tell, no, it has to be a much stronger connection. It has to be much stronger that it's mamish able to propagate. Well, mamish able to propagate, what is it excluding? Well, it depends which opinion. On one, it's excluding mules because it can't have the next generation. On the other one, it's excluding money because money on itself doesn't grow. But the, the addition to the wine is what clay creates the exclusion to either the mules or the... Uh, Money, depending on the different sources. So one says like this. So Lamar and Yute Sofim, according to one opinion, it's, it's been re, it, it, it added it to exclude the money, and Lamar and Yute pray itself to excuse me. Adding wine exclude because it means the connection has to be much stronger. It can't be just a 
a, 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 a pithy, a, a loose connection to, uh, to animals and, and, and grain. Loose connection means on, on any level that it can, you can view, it can have brocha. But by adding the wine, it means not. Mamish has to be a strong connection to it. Mamish like it. Well, what's not like it? Well, that was the machlokas. That was the machlokas. Tan Rabban, we learned in a brysum. So it says that you have to give him like Hashem blessed you. Now the Shiloh is going to be, what happens if there's been a downturn in the economy and in fact your total holdings after this ever joined is less than when he came. So how do you say over there, like Hashem blessed you, right? So what, so what, so what are you giving him? So you might think only if there's been blessing in the home since he got there, does he get severance. But but if there's been no blessing, then you don't give him severance. That's why it reiterates, it uses a double lotion. You shall surely give, the, give the, the, the severance to teach me that even if what? There's been a downturn in your overall assets, you still have an obligation to give. So therefore, So then why does it say, according to what Hashem has blessed you? If in fact, you have to give him anyway, so why does it have to say, according to what Hashem has blessed you? It's telling you that because the, the amount is a minimum, you have to give at least 15 sloim, according to Mayor, 30, according to the other one, 50, one. but if your house has been blessed even more, then what? Yeah, give, more. give him more. It's not that's the amount. That's the minimum amount, but you can give more if there has been great amount of blessing. And that's what Hashem Baruch teaches you. All right. Rabbi Lezbe Nazaria Omer, he disagrees. This is Dvarim Kiksovim. He says, you read it as it's written. Nizbarim Baiz Begulov, there's been blessing, Manikim Le gets severance. Lon Nizbarim Baiz Begulov, there's been a downturn, then hey, Manikim Le, you don't have to give him severance. Imken Matam Lo Hanaktanik. So what does he do with the fact that it says, Tahanaktanik is mashma, that's an imperative you have to give? He says, Dibra Torah Kilsham Adam, that his shita is that sometimes the Torah embellishes its word by doubling, and it's not there for any type of drasha, and therefore you do not learn out that you have to give it under all circumstances. We learned in Abraisa. If the master dies, the Evid Ivri, an Evid Kanani is, is chattel. He goes over to the Yerusha. There is no Yerusha by Evid Ivri, but he does go to the sun. We'll see why. But if there is no sun, then he goes free. He doesn't go to the daughter, doesn't go to the brother of the dead person. There is, a, it's not a Yerusha Dikid, a special din that the son takes over from the father. So Ebed Ivri, Ovid is a Ben, Ben Ovid is a Bas. Amevri, on the other hand, we learned this also before, Ain Ovid is Lo a Ben, Lo Bas. There is no din Bechlal. Amevri goes free completely or goes back to her father, but there is no Din, even a son of the dead master doesn't take over Amevriya. And similarly, also Hanirza. Somebody worked the six years and does not want to leave and gets his ear bored, so he stays until Yovel. But if the master dies, it's like the Amevriya. Goes free, does not go over even to the son. Also, a person is sold to a guy. If you sold to a guy, we're going to see a special drosha that the guy dies, his children, his son does not take over the Evid Ivri, the Evid that, that he sold to him. Does not serve, not the son, not the daughter, not the brother, no Din Yerusha and under that circumstance. All right, that's the Brysa. Now let's go back and explain it. 
Amar Mar, the master said, Evid Ivri Ovidis Abben, and Evid Ivri serves the son, Vaina Ovidis Abbas. Minanamili, how do we know that? I mean, Lachora, either there's Yerusha, and if there's Yerusha, it should follow the regular laws of Yerusha, or there's no Yerusha, and if there's no Yerusha, then what? Then it shouldn't serve the son either. So, we have like this, we have a contradiction. On one hand, it says, What is Avdechot? It's possessive. Who is this serving for six years? The master. You will serve the master, right? But that, that implies the master only for Lola Yorish. But there is no din Yerusha. Ata Omer Lois Yorish. You tell me there's no din Yerusha? Or Eino Elo. Maybe it means Lecha. Ata Omer Lecha Velola Yorish. Or Eino Elo Lecha Velola Ben. Maybe it means like this. Maybe it's a What's that? No, no, it's you your Ata Omer Lecha Velola Yorish, or Eino Ela Lecha Velola Ben, meaning the Mora is asking like this is that the Mora understood uh, that when it says Nola Yorish, it doesn't exclude the son. It means the other Yorishim, right, but not the son, which is the Alocha. Or maybe not. Maybe when it says you, it means including even the son should not be over. How do you know that the son sticks around and does get it? Maybe excluding the Yorishim should also exclude the son as well. We have another verse that six years he will serve. Now he will serve, it's not written, it doesn't say he will serve you. That implies that he will serve even if the master has died. So how do we reconcile it? One hand says you have to serve the master. And the other one's Mashmah don't have to serve the master. So one that says you have to serve the master excludes Yorchim. The one that says he will serve even if the master is not around is to conclude that the son, he serves the son. So Harei Leben Amur. So then what are you excluding from that you have to serve the master? That means that that he'll serve you or the son, but he won't serve the other Yorshim. All right. So now that what I want to know is follows, right? You have a possibility that a brother can take over of the dead person or a son, right? Now we understand there is a contradiction here, which we've resolved that all the other Yorishim don't get the Evet, Ivri, but the son does. So why are you saying son, maybe the one who should take over should be the brother? So really we're trying to figure out who is more, who does it make more sense should get to have this Evet Ivri, right? Daughter we understand now, because even the laws of Yerusha, son comes before a daughter, we understand that. But in terms of, we have a question, should it be the son? Maybe it shouldn't be the son. Maybe it should be the brother. It doesn't say clearly when it says he will serve. He'll serve someone for the six years if there's no father around. But how do you know it means he will serve the son? Maybe he should serve the brother. That's what he wants to know. So my Royce, from where do you see L'Rabbas Zaben, to exclude all other Yerushim, including the brother? Well, why are you including the son? Where it says, I'll tell you, let's take a look in Halacha, who has greater rights in terms of the assets of the father? Is it the son? Or is it the brother? So Marbin is Ben, why? Shekem Kachatahas Aviv Liyada. First of all, in the laws of Evid Ivri, the son, the father has a right to designate an Ame Ivriya as a wife. Or if he wants, the son can step in and do it. So you see that there is that close linkage between son and father. The brother of the master does not have the right of doing yud. So that's one up, one plus for the son. All right? And the other case is the case of Zdeachuzah. Now let me just tell you this outside and we'll see it inside. Zdeachuzah is a person sells ancestral land. 
Tisbilan means the family had it in from the times of Yeshua. The halacha is, is that at the oval, what happens? He returns. If he consecrates that land, now you have a problem. If he consecrates that land and he doesn't redeem it before that, it goes permanently to the Beis HaMikdash. It belongs to the Kohanim, it goes to the Beis HaMikdash. Now, there is a halacha, is he has the first right of redemption, right? If the koa, if the, 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 if the uh, treasurer sees that he doesn't want to redeem it, the treasurer can actually the sell it. No, no, the, 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 the actual person the who owner, consecrated, right. the owner. Right. Now, what happens that's if the... For a first year, I thought. No, that's forever? No, 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 it's till the oval. Till the, the, till the, oval. the oval. Now, what happens, the first year I'm talking about when it's sold, we're not talking about consecrated over here. Consecration. Uh, okay. Now, what, what happens is, what happens is if the, uh, if the, 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 the person who consecrated died. Fun. Right? So there is a halacha that that same right of redemption is given to his son. Is given to his son. Not the brother. Right? That's Which means, so that's son. another one for the son. So we're going number two. So these are two areas where you see that the son one-ups the brother, which is why we have a Shiloh here, where, who should the Evid Ivri work for, makes more sense than what? It the son. It should be the son over the brother, that's what I'm saying. So therefore like this, so the one is for the laws of Yud, and the second one is De'a Chuzo. So when it says, Adarab, I'll push back on you, the brother, we see areas where the brother does something where the son does not. The, the brother takes over for Yibum and all the lands and everything gets Yibum. So what does that show? That shows brother, right? So when it says like this, that's not a raya. The only reason there's Yibum, because there's no son. If anything, it shows the son is strong, because if there would be a son, there would be no Yibum. So when it says, Klum yesh Yibum elabamakom she'ein ben, right? Hayesh ben, if there would be a ben, ein Yibum. Now, listen to Gmar, Gmar Gvalig analysis. Gmar is saying like this. Okay, so we basically, we wanted to say a son is better, and we gave how many reasons that a son is better? Sure. Two. Then we want to say, no, maybe the brother's better, and we slugged up that reason. But Lechora, why, you, it's implied, let's say we didn't have a good answer. Let's say you never had that pushback. There's only Yibum when there's no son. That's much what? That would have been a good proof. It still would have been two against one. Everyone hear the problem yeah, over here? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's marshmallow over here only because you said that the Yibum thing is not a good reason. Then you had it, then, 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 then the sun wins. But otherwise, what? The sun wouldn't, it still would have been two against one, right? Where it says, Ella, time the Ika ha It's only because you had this Pircha. What was the Pircha? That Yibum was not a good proof because Yibum only helps when what? When there's no son. When there's no son. Ha'la wouldn't have been for that Pircha. Then what? Then the brother would have been better. But typically, the Hakatai Bakhachada, it's still two against one. It still would have been only two against one. Right? Now, let me tell you this. Let me tell you outside. Those of you who learned Erechin will remember this. But the, the, what the Gemara is going to say is the following. The Gemara actually in Erechin has the question what happens if the father dies? From the Psukmitz Mashma, there is a relative that can go and redeem the land. And the Gemara Mamash has Al Shaila. Should the one who has the right to redeem after the father be the son? Or should it be the brother? The more mom is the child. And it goes through the same thing. It says it should be the son because he has the laws of Yehud by Amevriya, right? And then the Gemara says that no, maybe it should be the brother because of Yibum. 
Right? Now there will be one against one. And then the Gemara says, no, it can't be Yibum, because Yibum doesn't show the strength of the brother, because Yibum only exists when there is no son. Meaning like this, the law of Steachuza really cannot be counted as two against one. The only reason we know that the law of Steachuza, that it goes to the son, not the brother, is because we slugged up the law of Yibum. If we wouldn't have been able to slug up the law of Yibum, then you would not have known the law of Steachuza. Even though we... We overstepped. We said, ah, son is better than brother because son has, uh, has, has Amevriya the Yud and he has But you didn't really know Steachuza. The only way we know Steachuza is because we had the same exact Shiloh over there and it was only because we were able to shlug up the Yibum. If we weren't able to shlug up the Yibum, you would not know Steachuza on the side of the sun either. That's why it would have been one against one if you weren't able to shlug up the law of the Yibum. You can't count Steachuza because it actually needed this analysis as well. So Gemara says like this, that Gemara says, um, let me find the place, the only way we know is one up for the son over the brother is because of the pircha. That the Tana learned out that that son is better than brother because that they can't bring a ride from Yibum because Yibum only exists when there is Shein Ben, when there is no son. Let's go back to it. When, when the master dies, she goes... She goes out, and there's no, how do we know this? Now we have like this, very interesting. We have three parshas in a row. There's the parsha of severance. Then there's a parsha of boring a hole in the ear of the Evid. And the last thing, the last line is this, and you shall do this to the maidservant. Now, and so shall you do to the maidservant. There's going to be a question. Is this going back on the thing before it, which is the laws of Niritzer? Or is it going back to things two times before, which is the case of severance? All right? So let's put it. So when it says like this, so how do you know that the Amma Evriya does not have to work, not the brother, not any of the relatives, if the husband, if the master dies? So it's because it says, the Amma Avla Moskva Tasa Kain, Hekesha Kosva Nirza, because Amma Evriya has been compared to the Parsha right before it, the case of Nirza. And Nirza, we already said, the Nirza goes free, doesn't work the sun, so too the Amma Evriya goes free and doesn't work the sun. Doesn't work any of the relatives, including the son of Amavriel. Says the Gemara, one second. But that's not what the Pasuk is show you shall do to the Amavriel. It's not going back on the parish of Nirza. It's going back to teach you that she gets severance. That's what it's referring to. The parsha two times before, not the immediate past parsha. In fact, a woman does not have the laws of Nirza, right? For Haila Masmatasa Kain, that that Pasuk Masmatasa Kain, Lahachiuda Osir, that what it's coming for. Hami Boyle, we need it to the Sanya, like we learned in a Braisa. Avla Masmatasa Kain, that you shall do this to the Yama. It means Lahanik, that she should get severance. Ata Amal Lahanik, you're telling me it's going on Lahanik, which is two parshas before. Or Aina El Ritzia, maybe it's going by the parsha before for the, for the case of the boring of the ear. Can't be, because we know that a woman does not have an ear bored. How do we know that a woman does not have Ritzia? It says, the, the Evid says, I want to stick around. Evid is masculine. The, only the Evid can say, I want to stick around, and you pierce his ear. But lo amavriya, not the amavriya. So therefore, hare ritsiya amur. So lechaira, that's, that we see, that that's, um, 
Uh, so therefore, that's referring to that she's excluded from Ritzia. If so, then what does it mean when it says that so too you shall do to the Amevria? It's not comparing the Amevria to the case of Ritzia. It's comparing it to the case before of the Hanukkah. We're back to our question. So then how do you know that an Amevria goes free completely? We're not comparing it to the case of Ritzia. Hamani Mekayim Afla Moskha It's Lahanik. It's for the case of Hanukkah. Says the more like this. You're right. On, that uh, we don't compare completely an Amevria to the laws of Ritzia because she doesn't have Ritzia. But actually, if it only wanted to say, like this, it said, If it only wanted to say that the Amevria is, has, uh, what's his name? The Amevria has Hanukkah. Then just write the words, La'amosha came. What does it say? Afla amosha tasa came. That tasa is redundant. It adds, that teaches me that I can apply back two times to the din that she gets uh, she gets what's his name Hanukkah but also in some way she's also we learn something out from the Nirza what do we learn out from the Nirza not that her ear is bored because we know that she's no we have an exclusion but you learn out there's no din Yerusha and she goes free completely so Moses is like this so Imken as Moses my Tasish Mamino Tarti we hear both things from this Jim we'll stop over here